Two guys walk into a bar. Two guys walk into a bar. Two guys walk into a bar. The first boy says, he goes, well, first he goes up to the bartender, of course. And the third one, Jeff. This isn't a joke or anything, it's just another example of what can happen. The second guy says, well, the bartender, okay. Well, the second guy says, he comes up and he's like, Cut to, <laughs> uh, like 20 years later. Joan Rivers is the bartender. Then you're gonna buy me drinks all night to the point where I get so drunk that I end up having sex with you later. That's right, my Uncle Joe the drunk. At one time he's in a bar, he's making a lot of noise, and this woman comes over. And the third one, Jeff. The bartender looks up and says, get the fuck out of here. Six bouncers hurled me out of a nightclub like I was a Frisbee. And the bartender's all like, he comes up, you know. Look at that guy. He's wasted in a bar. I came here to read a novel. So these two guys walk into a bar, right? And the third one, Jeff. Well, all right, everyone. Welcome to the Third One Ducks comedy podcast. Uh, as always, I am Patrick Kilcoin, joined here by Brady Cox. This time, we're going to be breaking down the 2,000-year-old man by Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks. Best-known sketch off of their 2,000 years with Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks' uh, first album, and they've done a variety of other things with it. Brady, how are you this morning? I'm good. I'm good. Um, it's uh, it's bright and early. Uh, probably not bright and early where um, our listeners are, but maybe. Maybe their other morning commute or whatever. No way of knowing, but it is early uh, as we do this live. Right. This is live. Right now you're listening to it. Um, it's live. Wow. In your ear. Exciting. Live on recording. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, we just had this uh, conversation about um, the show before we started. Um, actually, I wanted to mention that uh, we we generally have a um, like a routine where we like make sure that we're actually recording um, because um, there have been on other shows that I've been on there, there there have been disasters where we get about half an hour into the show and uh, oops, somebody forgot to hit the record button. But oh, that's no good. Are we recording this time? We we are. So wow. But, but we didn't go through wow. our little routine. Masters. And um, because I hit record well before, uh, you you joined me this morning. Um, oh, just because you know it's easy to cut out you know a bunch of um, emptiness at the beginning, um, and it's nice to be prepared, and maybe catch some um, funnies. We haven't done that yet, but uh, eventually we're no. going to catch something that's um, not in the show, but can be put in the show, you know what I'm saying? Ooh, exciting. Um, but, you know, just a little insight as to how the show runs. It's just um, two guys sitting in, well, I'm in a basement. I don't know about you. I'm just in my bedroom. Yeah, we're not in the same room. Um, wow. Yeah, the, the internet is magical. Exciting time. Yeah. Although you know, we could talk about that about being in the same room at some time. Um, I think that would cost us some money, um, which I don't know if we're really prepared to do at this point. Right, right, right. Because uh, why? 
Good point. Um, yeah, right now my cat's trying to um, get in on the show. Um, I don't think he's going to have a whole lot to say about it. Um, he's not really a comedy fan. Mm. Um, probably because he's not even uh, biologically equipped to laugh. Actually oh, that's true. It's very sad, actually. Didn't think about that. Eddie. So how how you been, Patrick? What, Good overall. Good overall. Um, weather, uh, you know, the Midwest has been very interesting. It'll be twelve, then fifty, then fourteen, then sixty, and and that's uh, it's it's hard to know how to dress, but uh, good overall. Good overall, yourself. Yeah, because of the weather, um, and um, you know, I I don't have a hundred percent plan of when this is going to air, so it might be April, it might be May, um, but we are recording. Let's just inside baseball here. Um, it's uh, late February here, right now. Yes, it is, and uh, so. Uh, depending on how much slacking is done or um, other shenanigans, who knows when this is going to actually be released. Um, I have yet to edit the second episode. Um, and uh, is this the third or the fourth? I don't, this is the third. And this would be third. Yeah. Okay. So, but uh, yeah. Um I was also thinking that it, it might be fun, and like a, a little inside baseball, except for the fact that we're gonna tell we're gonna tell the audience now. So if you're in on the show early on, you're gonna understand this joke. Um, but most of the other listeners aren't. Um, I I think it'd be fun to start every uh, episode with a a fake punchline. Do you ever write fake punchlines? Uh, probably, but um. I think you'd have to explain what you're talking about a little bit more thoroughly. Okay, this is this is one of my favorite things in uh, in comedy, and it, I see it here and there, um, but it's basically just like you come in on a scene, and and some guy's in the middle of telling a joke, and he gets to the punchline, and everybody laughs, and you always wonder what was the joke for that, and you could never figure it out because there is no joke; they just wrote the punchline. Oh, sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Right, so, like, uh, I don't know where that apple came from, but she sure enjoyed it. Oh! Ah! (laughs) And and everybody laughs. Um, Yeah. And I I think that's particularly magical because the first time I encountered it, I spent a long time trying to figure out what the joke was. And then I find, you know, I found some... I don't know. I don't remember, but I found out that it was just a, a, a written punchline that had, yeah. no, had no joke to, to uh, go with it. And um, that one that I just did right off the top of my head, I know. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? Yeah, that, that definitely is. It, re- it reminds me, um, <laughs> in, the, in the TV show Game of Thrones, they do the opposite a few times, where I think... Three times throughout the series, Tyrion starts up the same joke, and then either the camera cuts or like something happens, so he can't oh, finish it, yeah. and he never finishes the joke. Um, but something about a donkey and a honeycomb. 
Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's a it's an interesting that. trope. Um, and but but there is an actual punchline to that joke, and I remember uh, I think it was like an uh, interview with um, what's his name, Peter Dinklage. Finally, um, or do they do that in the show where he actually finishes the joke? He never actually finishes the joke in the show, right? But I remember hearing the punchline to it once and going like, eh. Eh. Yeah. It's it's more funny because of just the fact that it's like, finish the, finish the, finish the fucking joke. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Just this, the um, frustration of, of starting a joke and then and not finishing it. Um, yeah, we can, we can go into um, you know sexual equivalents, but let's not. Uh, that seems like a good thing to avoid. Yeah, it's like comedic blue balls, just like that. Yes. Anyway. All right. So the two thousand year old man, <laughs> uh, two of the absolute masters of comedy. Um, probably one more, uh, well known. These days than the other, but definitely two masters. Of course, one, the great Mel Brooks, early uh, series of sketches, early album uh, by him before, you know, a very, very well-known, famous career of making comic films. You know, some of the biggest ones would be Producers, Young Frankenstein, Spaceballs, Blazing Saddles, History of the World, Part One, rather. Um, and definitely one of those uh, famous, famous people, uh, the, the small list of EGOT winners with an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, as well as a Tony, um, is, is one of the gentlemen that uh, is on this well-known album, and in particular, uh, its first sketch. Right. And so um, the birth of this sketch is... Um, they were... Uh, doing something, I don't. It, it doesn't matter. But uh, what it became was like uh, they would go to parties, and they would do this bit every time they went, and uh, every time they do the the bit, it's different. So uh, this recording is different. If you listen to uh, versions they've done on like Steve Allen's show and, and things like that, um, it's it's different there. Um, just uh which uh, we have to give a lot of credit to Carl Reiner for being just a wonderful straight man mm-hmm. um who can roll with the punches and act like a, an actual interviewer would and go oh well, let's, let's follow up with that um piece of information we've just learned and uh let's let's dig a little deeper into that um yeah. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely a uh, comic genius and, and landmark um, individual in his own right. I uh, would go on to be uh, the creator and producer for um, the Dick Van Dyke show. Uh, I believe co-wrote um, The Jerk along with uh, Steve Martin. Um, and then obviously is the father of Rob Reiner who would have his own um, very impressive career. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think I'll, uh, you know, the, here's the thing as an audience member, you don't notice his performance. 
which is I'll agree with that. Why it's so good. Um, that's the job of the straight man is just to be there to be um, the everyman, um, the one asking these questions, right? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, uh, you know, this is very much an improv album. Um, the, the whole thing's improv. Uh, again, this is uh, released 1960s, so this is very early improv. Uh, but uh, these guys were doing it when there were really no rules. Um, they didn't. There was no formal training or anything like that. You just kind of had to be funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that. Uh, he could just be so uh such a straight man and just um i mean i guess the straight man's been around since vaudeville or whatever and um pe- people understood it um at least comedically um it's not like they wrote books or anything about it mm-hmm. um it's not like, like you could study it and my cat's trying to take my headphones away from me right now um which is uh very cute. Gotta love cats. <laughs> but, um, you had to point with the improv thing. Yeah. 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 It went away. Maybe it'll come back in 20 minutes or so. But, um, you know, it's just a, it's just a funny premise of the 2000 year old man. And, you know, it's, it's definitely something that, um, you know, you, I, you know, there, there has to be a time where you and I have done something similar on stage. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's a quintessential. Um, both with the two thousand year old man, and and the which is the sketch we're focusing on, but really their entire uh, debut album is a lot of Harl Reiner doing these interviews with different characters of Mel Brooks, and Mel just crushing his answers. But as you noted. Reiner coming back and deepening it and taking it in new and exciting directions. Yeah, he makes it believable, right? Um, which is, um, you know, that's your salty, you know, in contrast to the sweet, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You very much need it to uh, contrast. Um, it just makes the comedy that much um, more... You're, uh, you know, you're very much more, and you being the royal, I guess the royal you, which would be everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, it just makes it that much, uh, you're, you're going to be more receptive to the, to the funny, you know, after a few seconds of very, very not funny. Yeah, absolutely. Are you any shows? Currently, I've been doing some arena with the backline here and there, um, but nothing in particular to plug. Yeah, um, some of my um, folks said were like, "Yeah, let's do arena, let's do arena." I'm like, "Okay," you know. And then three or four days go by and nothing, and finally somebody else asks, "Like, so are we doing arena?" The guy's like, "Oh, I thought I thought somebody else was gonna." plan that out uh-huh. yeah that'll happen yes. always looking for you know it's the um 
funny people are funny, but um, not the best at um, time-based things. Yeah. I have found that to be true. Yeah. So there's a lot of very um, tropey things about uh, uh, comedians and improv folks that are um, just dead on. And um, it's very rare to find somebody who um, is not, who breaks that mold, you know? Mm-hmm. But, you know, if, you know, if we weren't doing this, we'd be avenging our fathers, right? Something like that. Yeah, all comedians have a tragic um, um, dead father story. Every single one. That's that's interesting timing, because I just muted a, a call on my phone that was coming from my father. So so he's not dead, but um, oh, okay. I do think that that's a, a common trope. So so as an example, your father is not dead. No, that that's po- possibly why I'm not a very great comedian. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, your your father dies, and then um, at the funeral, a, a mysterious figure approaches you and hands you a card. And um, well, maybe we shouldn't get out into all that. Um, there's probably a book written on it somewhere. Yeah, you know, I'm imagining basically Sam Jackson's Nick Fury just coming up to people at funerals. Just there's a plan to bring together a group of people with similar trauma and make comedy. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. My experience was somewhat similar to that. Um, uh, my guy's name is Maury. Uh, he's very, he's about five, three. Um, sure. Mysterious man, but you know, um, whatever the audience put in their head as mysterious man was probably tall in some sort of trench coat. Uh, yeah. but no, M- Maury showed up, uh, you know, he had his, uh, um, you know, he's dressed in a nice suit. It was a blue suit. Um, it just it was more mysterious because it was obvious that he was of no relation to anybody at the funeral. That um, makes for a mysterious person. You know, being being very um, uh, let's just say Maury looked like a Maury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, he handed me the card. And, um, it was two for one, um, you know, in, at the meat section at the, at the local grocery store. Um, there was another card though. That was the, 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 um, the tragic backstory card that, um, gave me my powers. Oh, um. yeah. And uh, I've tried to use those powers for good. But apparently, I'm not as good. You know, I haven't um, honed those powers as much as, uh, you know, somebody like a Jerry Seinfeld, who uh, we all know about his uh, his father's tragic demise. And that's how you do it, folks. You just, Definitely. You just make things up. Uh, none of that was true. Um, I was curious. Yeah, you know, Maury... Uh, made him up, um, but uh, you notice I gave him characteristics. Um, yeah, we're we're just yeah. telling we're we're telling stories here, and uh, that's that's basically the two thousand year old man. You know, you you set up a premise, 
and then you go for it. Definitely, definitely. It is interesting that you bring that up, though. Um, the the whole uh, dead father origin story. Obviously, we know Batman uh, went went yeah. through that, but but interestingly, uh, Mel Brooks's father uh, did pass away from kidney disease when Brooks would have been about two years old. Um, I did not know so, that. So, um, well, yeah. Um, you yeah. know, no offense to Mel Brooks or his family. Um, may they all rest in peace. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure his kids are not dead, but, um, you know, I, I know Max is out there still writing books. Um, so, yeah. And, um, uh, how, how old were you when you, you figured out that, um, what's, what's that guy's name? The guy that did, uh, Defending Your Life, um. The other, the other Brooks in uh, in show in comedy. Do you know what I'm talking? Oh, about? vaguely, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's not Mel Brooks's kid. Um, I always thought it, w- it was because you know they're vaguely, uh, you know, there's a very you know Jewish Jewish. Uh, enunciate here Jewish um, sensibilities, you know, about them both. Um, mm-hmm. Which doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. mean they're related, but you know, um, so many people thought they were related and still do. Um, that I don't feel like that's necessarily something that's. Uh, I'm not going to put be put in a racism jail for that. Um, right, right. No, I wouldn't think so. Right. So. Um, what what is that guy's name? But anyway, uh, Mel Brooks' uh, son, uh, his famous son, I'm sure he has more, is Max Brooks. He wrote World War Z, which uh, if you oh, see, sure. if you've seen the movie, the movie's yeah, it's okay, but the book is fantastic. And pick it up. Okay, good to know. Good to know. It's um, it's very interesting. It's a bunch of um. Do you know Do you know the premise of that book? Vaguely. Um, so it's it's set in the future, right? So, like, mm-hmm. the zombie apocalypse happened, right? And then in the future, uh, people are compiling stories. Um, so there's, there's a bunch of short stories um, of things that happened during the incident or whatever, you know. Uh, I forget. The, they have a term for it in the book. Um, but... Uh, so this is very interesting. A lot of short stories. Um, I don't know if you wrote a sequel to it. If you did, I need to pick that up. But uh, yeah, they they took you know they bought the rights to the movie, and then kept the zombies, and kept the name, and they 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 kept the um the thing with Israel. That's part. That's okay. in the book. Um, where like Israel was like one of the last uh, countries to survive. Um, because of their the twelfth man thing or whatever that was, do you remember what that was? Where she had the one guy that was like, "Well, what if?" I I, I don't know. I I am not familiar. Um. Well, people can check that out. Um. You know, if they choose to do so. Hmm. Yeah, we're we're not really here to talk about World War Z, but uh. We sure did. Yeah, yeah, not here to talk about World War Z. 
but of um, at least one World War II veteran, maybe two, I don't know. Um, but Mel Brooks. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Not. Yeah, not not most well known for that, and it and it does look like Reiner was drafted into the Air Force uh, and served during World War II as well. So, I mean, that was a thing that you did if you were, uh, you know, born in the twenties. You 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 went to war. Yeah, it's like um, everybody did, right? So yeah, it's um, that's one thing that that generation. Um, I mean, sure, they had to go through the horrors of war, but. There was like, uh, you know, a societal brotherhood of, you know, we all went through this thing together, um, and we all have similar stories and similar um, experiences uh, to fall back on. Definitely, definitely, yeah, a fair amount of trauma bonding going on there. Yeah, um, so you know, no matter how mad you got it, you know, somebody in pe- people just didn't get as upset with each other. Uh, mainly because you know they have that common um they knew something of what everybody went through you know and so there was a lot more empathy in the world absolutely wow we got really f- philosophical there a bit a bit uh, yeah um but anyway <laughs> 2000 year old man um as we've said a few times, landmark sketch, huge in the history of improv and comedy, and uh, a big early, uh, I guess I would say, hit for both Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks as they uh, embarked on their bigger career. Uh, Brady, your thoughts on 2,000-year-old man itself? I would say that listening to it now, it's very much... Um... I guess run of the mill, right? Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm saying that as if it were made today, it would be very much just like eh, that's that's a pretty good bit. Um, but we have to remember when it was released and how different it was from everything. Um, and that um, there's a reason that things become cliche. And it's because they're popular. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this this is like, you know, if somebody were to, um, you know, put down the Beatles, you know, like, ah, oh, the Beatles, whatever. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, again, it's cliche now because it was popular then. And it was popular then because it was novel and um, good. And so it's the same same deal here. I would like to uh, point out of the Grammy nominations here. We, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in '61 it lost out to a Bob Newhart album, which uh, good company there, good company. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and younger uh, listeners, uh, if you never really watched, um, and and here's something that's that, that's upsetting to me: Bob Newhart did two different sitcoms. And both of them run for like 10 years. Yeah. And none of them are in streaming. Oh, interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but you're you're definitely correct. Yeah, and, and that's a shame um, because they're both very good. 
Um, and just Bob Newhart is a very dry, dry comedian. Um, but he's very funny. And I, I just think like the current generation's missing out on him a lot. Um, so yeah, younger, younger listeners don't, don't sleep on Bob Newhart. In fact, we'll probably be on the show at some point. Um, not him personally. Um, I believe he's not with us anymore, but I could be wrong on that. Uh, but regardless, so um, 1961, lost out to Bob Newhart. Uh, year 2000, they they put out a new album, or it was uh, 1999. They put out an, mm-hmm. uh, a new album called 2,000-Year-Old Man in the Year 2000. And, it, you know, it's pretty much the same bit. Uh, but, you know, 50-some-odd years later. Um, but that won the comedy album Grammy in 1999. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So and then a couple of years later, uh, he'd get a musical theater album for the musical adaptation of producers. So he, he's got a couple of Grammys. Right. And I Maybe finally, more than those two. Finally watched the producers the other day. Uh, the, the original. I still haven't seen that. Oh, with uh, Zero Mistel and Gene Wilder? Yes. It was wonderful. I still haven't seen the, um, the newer one with um, Matthew Broderick and... Um, yeah, Who's Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane, yes. Wonderful, wonderful actor. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. But uh, so, is, you know, so is Matthew Broderick. What's not, um, you know, most people rem- remember him as Ferris Bueller, but uh, he's done a lot of things since that uh, are very not Ferris Bueller. It's true. You know, anything to plug? Uh, not in particular, not in particular. Oh, okay. Well, I bring that up because I have something to plug. Oh, wow. I screwed that up royally. Brady. No, that's fine. Do you have anything to plug? I wasn't trying to uh, underhand pitch to you or anything. Oh, um, whoa, whoa. But I was trying to set myself up. So, so it's, uh... Oh, okay. Well, then I'll let you <laughs> plug. Um, you know, by the time this is uh, uh, out, um, either very shortly or very much in the past uh the 50th episode of uh, the first podcast i was ever uh featured on uh will be happening uh bad movies roll will be having its 50th episode uh we're gonna do something a little different for the 50th 50th episode um Ooh. i have not been on the show for a bit uh mainly because uh we have a lot of technical issues with doing things remotely um, sure. especially when you get, you know, three to five people together, it's very much, there's a lot of over talking and whatnot that happens. And, uh, anyway, I don't want to get into the technical aspects of recording, even though I did, but, um, so the 50th episode, I, I, the plan is that I will be on that. We have not recorded it yet, obviously, but, um, it is coming up. And uh, feel free to go and give that a listen if it's out already. If it's not, uh, wait patiently by your uh, by your front door. The mailman will inform you at some point. Um, oh yeah, yes, because that's that's how I get all my podcast news. Mailman, yeah, yeah. The word of mouth door, from door. the mailman, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So. So yeah, 
So, so listen to that. And, um, you know, if you're in Omaha, you can come by the Backline Theater and you might uh, see Patrick or I at some point. Um, That's per- true. Personally, I got to, you know, get down there. I was going to go last night, but I just, uh, uh, it was like 6.30 and I was like, okay, well, it's time to go. And I was, uh, I'd been out all day and I was just tired, uh, mainly because I have not been getting enough sleep lately. Uh, so I, so I went home and I, I didn't go out. Um, but I heard it was a good show. That's good. But it's always a good show at the Backline Theater in downtown Omaha, Nebraska. Absolutely. <laughs> We're very prepared here at the show. Mm-hmm. Third mm-hmm. One Ducks. Um, and if you, you so much like preparation. Email us with uh, complaints or support or drawings of barnyard animals uh you can do mostly that ducks at third third one ducks at gmail.com we're very professional around here we use a gmail address exciting stuff gmail it's the wave of the future yeah it's um for you it folks out there uh which uh i am one of you i i you know, very aware how easy it is to set up a uh, .com or .whatever address. Um, uh, but, you know, I do that at work. I don't want to do it, like, when I'm not at work. So, uh, Gmail works. Everybody likes Gmail. You can complain at uh, thirdonducks at gmail.com. Come at me. Questions, comments, concerns, criticisms, we take them all. Yeah, jokes that you've written. Um, um, yeah, sure. Send us a joke. We'll read them. We'll read them. Uh, um, we will judge you, but we will read them. Um, not that our jokes are any better. I don't know. I haven't seen any of the ones that were emailed in to uh, do a comparison. Right. Um, and that reminds me, I should check that. Um, well, you know what? By this point, we have not released a single episode. I have not uh, That's put, true. put any out there. So nobody knows about that email address yet except for me and you. Oh, wow. And I haven't sent any emails there. Right. So it is very much most likely empty at this point. Eh, that could be spam. But actually, it's probably empty. They don't even know how to spam us yet. That's the exciting beginning times of life. Free spam. Yes, it's a very innocent email address at this point. Doesn't know the horrors of the internet just yet. And and horrors they be. Horrors they be. It also sounded like I said whores. Whores they be. Mm. Uh, but that's not what I said at all. Oh, it is not. But now we can imagine if I had said that. You know, enunciation's important. It is, and I have a problem with that. I need to do the thing with the cork. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, definitely. You put put the cork between your teeth, and you hold the cork, and you have to talk around it, and it helps you enunciate. And I'm, I'm not very good at doing that. Um, I, I also uh, remember uh, watching a documentary on the, the Micro Machines guy. I don't remember his name. 
you know, sure. you know, I'm talking about the micro machine guy who talked really fast. Yeah, talk like an auctioneer. Yeah, very much. He was probably. I think he was the fastest talker up until like Eminem. Wow. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, he like that was one of the things he would do. He would um, put the cork in his mouth for hours. He was a. Uh, you could say he was a cork sucker. Wah, 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 wah. I, I, yeah, let's go with the same right. trombone. I like that one better. I'll have to pick that up at the uh, sound effects market. Mm-hmm. Good market. It's down off of uh, 3rd Street. Off 3rd. Yeah, I forgot the 3rd exists. 3rd Street, the shady part of town. You know. Mm-hmm. People in Omaha are very um, familiar with 3rd Street. You don't go to 3rd Street. I think people forget there's anything east of 10th, so... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess 3rd Street does actually exist, doesn't it? Oh, it does. It does. Yeah, it's very yeah. close to the river, but it's it exists. Right. Most of... Um, for most of the town, if you were on 3rd Street, you'd be either in Iowa or... Um, Underwater, yeah, yeah. And uh, for you geography majors, that that is the Missouri River. Wow, it's a big river. Runs between um, Omaha and Iowa, and um, people don't really get out on the Missouri River uh, because it runs fast and it runs deep, and it's very dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. The riverboat casino is still out there, but uh, they don't they don't take it up and down anymore. Um, though there is Eddie. a there is a boat that does concerts or whatever. Have you heard about this? I don't believe I have. Yeah, they they take it up once or twice a year, and it's a big flat boat. They do a concert on it. Um, only problem is that, um, you know how most concerts like halfway through you could be like, you know what. I'm not having a good time. I'm going to go down the street. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, that's true. I can't really if you're on that. a boat, if that makes boat, it hard. You're, you're kind of trapped. Um, so, yeah, I always wonder, like, you know, with how dangerous that river is, like, if they ever had, like, a fire on a boat like that, like, it would be a huge tragedy. Mm-hmm. Huge tragedy. Which, you know... um, yeah, it doesn't the comedy doesn't really work without the tragedy, does it? No. Well, on on an upper note, um, yeah, this has been the show. Yeah, it has. It's been the show, and um, this is where we do our grandiose exit of. This has been the show. And uh, what are we what are we doing next week, Patrick? I don't. I usually. Pick, I don't think we've discussed that yet. We have not discussed that, so maybe it's not the show. Maybe we can discuss that for a minute. Um, I usually pick one before, uh, and um, I'm a huge slacker. Um, you know, as a callback to you know, comedians and their work ethic. Um. So yeah, we we could do pretty much anything we want. Um. Wow. It would be the power. F- fourth episode. Um, is there any comedian that you would like to focus on? Oh, that's a great question. Um, 
You know, the last couple times you've been very, you know, early 60s, so we might want to bring something up to the 70s or even 80s. Um, okay. Okay. Let's let's do 80s. How's that? Yeah, 80s works. Okay. Kind of makes me want to do a Rodney Dangerfield album. Did he put out an album? Rodney, da- yeah, he would have had, uh, No Respect would have been 1981, so we could, we could see if we can find that one. Yep. See, Rodney Dangerfield's a, a very interesting um, subject because, um, or maybe we should save this for you know the next episode. But um, he he was he he did okay through like his early career, um, mm-hmm. but he didn't really begin to take off until he was like very much old, very much older. And I could be wrong on that. Maybe he didn't even start until he was much older. Um, I think I thought I remember seeing him on like some late night show, like you know, early on, and he just wasn't doing well. But I could be wrong on that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he started in like his late thirties, but didn't really take off until probably late fifties, even maybe his early sixties. But yeah, he's definitely one of those who's most well known for being an older comic and older median. Right, and um, I know on. Uh, Again, I'm going to plug this uh, other podcast, but uh, uh, Back to School is in in the uh, it's on the list for for that show. So at some point, we're going to be doing a Rodney Dangerfield episode of that podcast as well. But uh, I we'll figure out which album offline. Um, if it is, you know, yeah, that works. Eighty one, that's great. Uh, but uh, I, honestly, I think this is a this is maybe a more fun way to to do the um, picking the next album. Yeah, yeah. We have a little bit of pre-discussion on it. Um, you know, things that we'll likely repeat in the next episode. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. But um, you know, maybe we should rig up some sort of wheel. You know, pick a decade, and then um, have that populate comedians. Um, you know, I like it. I like it. These are good, good plans. Yeah, all, all of these require effort, which means they likely won't happen again. Uh, oh, sure. You know, definitely my, not. My, but... my work ethic and you know the fact that I have a nine to five, and um, yeah, but we we can dare to dream. So, how how do you think that episode turned out? It was all right. It was kind of meandering, but all right. Oh well. Have you ever done anything with me that wasn't meandering? Oh no, no. I I do understand that. Yeah, I um Here's the thing, the fact that I am 43 years old and just starting to look into the fact into like having ADHD is a um it's insane. It's it's Sure. Just because all the signs are there. It's like all these things I'm just like, oh, yeah, I do that all the time. Or, oh, yeah, I can't. Oh, oh, oh. Because my sidetracks have sidetracks have sidetracks. I can go 13 deep. Sure. Um, That's a skill, too. It, it is. And um, and maybe it, it makes for entertaining podcasts. I don't know. Or maybe it's annoying. I don't. And then there, there goes my anxiety. Oh, oh, what a, 
Oh God, people are thinking poorly of me. Oh, oh no. What do I do about that? Can I do anything about that? Um, this is just a little peek into my brain. Yeah. Folks, have a good day. I hope um, that everything works out with your bunion uh, surgery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, this is going to be one of those episodes where I, like, just cut it off, and then you will get the outro music or whatever. Um, and um, maybe I'll do it, like, soprano style, where I just cut it off mid This has been Third One Ducks, brought to you by Brady Cox and Patrick Kilcoin. Opening music, Ska of the Mountain King by Johnny Boyle, available at Upbeat.io. And that's Upbeat with two Ps.